Hi there, my name is Amanda and I'm one of the interns here at HTC. And um, tonight in Connect Groups, we are looking again at this passage at the end of Luke 5. And Jesus, he, he talks about weddings and he talks about wine and he talks about waiting and he talks about wasting. And right now we are waiting for the restrictions to finally end. You know, 21st of June, 19th of July, please Lord, no more. And um, one of the groups of people who've been waiting are those who are getting married. And I am going to seven weddings in the next four months, including my own. And I've got another two already booked in for 2022. And in the run-up to a wedding, there is, there's a lot to do, isn't there, in the waiting. You know, you've got your invitations printed, you send them out, there's planning and preparation, there's build-up, there's anticipation, and then finally there's that coming together in front of your community to celebrate and to share joy. And Jesus, in our first parable, he uses the metaphor of the wedding. So let, let's read together. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so did the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God has arrived. So come and celebrate at this party, this wedding banquet, this feast. And, and he's saying, don't waste this time while I'm with you. I am the bridegroom. Make, make the most of it. And, and if Jesus is the bridegroom, then you, us, we, we are the bride. We, the church, are the bride. And this is before he's gone to the cross. And, and now we're living in this after period, the time when Jesus has brought in the kingdom of God with the forgiveness of sins. But we're, we're also waiting for him to come back and to refinely restore all things to himself. And it is what we sometimes call the now and the not yet. We're living in the now and the not yet. And, and it feels a little bit like that at the moment with COVID restrictions, doesn't it? You know, now the vaccine is here, but not everyone has been vaccinated yet. We're allowed six people inside, but we're not yet allowed a full party. And the, the boat party was happening, and now it's been postponed. Sorry, Tim Jones. But um, you, don't, you don't want to take this comparison too far. But there's a challenge, isn't there, reading a passage like this. You know, the Pharisees are saying, well, why don't you fast and pray? And, and Jesus, he isn't saying fasting and praying is a bad idea. The Bible celebrates and affirms those things. But Jesus says, nope, not now. Now it is party time. Now it is time to celebrate. And really what he is getting at here with the Pharisees is their, their religiosity, the way that they talk about fasting and praying, because the kingdom of God isn't announced by glum faces and somber looks. And when I lived abroad with a lady called Jackie Pullinger, she used to tell me off every time she saw me looking miserable. And she would literally tell me to smile, saying that miserable Christians tell the world about a miserable God. But as Christians, we, we have something to celebrate, don't we? The hallmark of Christianity is joy. And it was C.S. Lewis who said that joy is the serious business of heaven. And... Um, 
We are called to celebrate this coming of the kingdom of God like a party, like a wedding celebration. And any good wedding celebration, it needs good wine. And my fiance and I have found this out to our, to our cost, but to our joy. We have spent what feels like a small fortune buying champagne for our wedding. But for us, it's, it's worth it because we're so looking forward to celebrating with our friends and our family with the very best wine. And, and I'm waiting to drink this sparkling wine, but I don't want to waste it either. And, and Jesus tells another parable. He says, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch on an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. And at my wedding, if I decant all of this champagne into a jug, then the fizz will go flat, won't it? And it might be easier to pour, but it won't taste very nice. And, and what we see is that the vessel matters. And, and God, he wants to pour out new wine. But this new wine needs new wineskins to hold it. Wineskins that will stretch and change with the wine as it ferments and grows. And the first part of this parable says it's not enough just to put a patch onto an old garment. You need a brand new garment. And Jamie reminded us that this, this is like a picture of our hearts. The vessel is your heart. And we need soft hearts that will stretch and grow with the infilling presence of the Holy Spirit as he shapes us and molds us if we let him. And, you know, it's receive, you let the Holy Spirit pour into you. Ferment, you let God be at work in you by his Holy Spirit. And then we pour out generously as we have been given. And just like the wineskin pours out wine, so don't, don't waste this wine. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste the opportunities offered. Don't waste your life. And it's all too easy to let cynicism weigh us down or disappointment or pride or, or to settle for less. But God, God is able to do immeasurably more than we can possibly ask or imagine. And he wants to pour out into us and through us. So the question is, how is your heart? And I, th I think for most of us, actually, we're used to receiving, aren't we? You know, we're a consumer culture. We come to church, we scroll down Instagram, we listen to podcasts, and it is all too easy to imbibe information about God. The challenge is to really live it out, to let it change us. And that's where this, this fermenting process is really key. Not just letting information about God in one ear and out the other, but receiving life from the Holy Spirit, letting it change me. And I, and I think that looks like repentance and it looks like healing. I think it looks like letting go of old habits that harm us and holding on to new habits that give us life. It's giving permission to others to speak into my life and to hold me accountable. To really hold the holiness of Jesus, we need new hearts. And the good news is that the Holy Spirit is in the business of giving us new hearts.
So in the waiting and in the crushing, are you allowing Jesus to shape your heart to better suit his purposes? Or are you holding the bridegroom at arm's length? And it's silly, isn't it? You wouldn't stop the bridegroom from coming to the wedding. Don't waste the opportunity to lean in to Jesus. And and don't waste the opportunity to pour out. In John's gospel, Jesus is at a wedding. And what does he do? He turns water into wine. And the guests are astounded because he's brought out the very best wine at the end of the wedding. And they say, you've saved the best until last. And it's, it's, it's such a picture of heaven. You know, Jesus doesn't bring out any old wasted return of the end, bin end label. He, he brings out the very best. It's the wasteful, wonderful habits of heaven, of generosity, of abundance. The wine is literally overflowing. And that is available for us too, to pour out into us, through us, to others. The best is yet to come. Amen.